The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It's our season of harvest. It's our season of harvest. Do you believe that? It is a season of harvest. Jesus Christ said, look all around you for the fields are white with harvest. They are white with harvest. And God's desire is that in this season that we are reaping the harvest that has gone before us. Because he has caused an acceleration of seeds that have been sown in our past. He has caused an acceleration of results that we ought to be walking in every day of our lives. And God's desire is that in this season that you will reap that harvest in every aspect of, of your life in the name of Jesus. Amen. And we've, we've been looking at the, the subject of faith, where reaping this harvest is concerned, the place that faith has, even in reaping that harvest. And we're going to continue along that line this morning. Faith for the miraculous. Faith for the miraculous. You know, miraculous faith is, is really a function of you know, just understanding the basics of, of faith, laying hold on the basics of faith and just walking in them as a habit, continuing them as a lifestyle. Because it's the same faith, you know, that, that you know, heals someone of headache. That same faith is what can ultimately heal someone of cancer. So once you get a hold of the basics of faith, and once you learn to continue in that faith, you will begin to experience one level of results to another, one level of glory to another, one level of breakthrough to another, one level of miracle to another. Because it's all by the faith of God. Hallelujah. So this morning we're just going to be looking again at some of, what are some of these basics of faith? What are some of these foundations of faith? What are some of these, this, um, 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 you know, rocks, I mean, foundations that God wants us to have established in our lives? And we're working in them on a consistent basis. Glory to Jesus. I'm going to start from... 2 Corinthians 5 and 7, the Bible says that for we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. And this scripture is repeated several times across the, the, I mean the, the Bible, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. For emphasis, obviously, because God wants to make it clear that as his sons and his daughters, we walk by faith. And not by sight. Hallelujah. So faith is a walk that we have been called to. It's a walk that God has called us to. And it's a continuous walk. It's not an event. It's not one incident. It's a continuous walk that God, you know, has called us to. I mean, everyone can relate to walking. Man was, was designed, man was created to walk. So as long as you can walk as an individual, as long as you can walk as a human being, then you can walk by faith. You can walk by faith. And I'll show you that as long as you can walk by faith, then you can make up your mind that you are going to make faith your lifestyle. You are going to make faith your lifestyle. That's the first thing that you know, we as believers need to understand. If God has given us an injunction, if God has given us a directive, if God has given us a word, if God has given us you know, an outline of how we ought to live our lives, the best thing you can do as an individual is to align yourself and commit yourself to it. 
So the first thing that you as an individual must do is to commit yourself to a lifestyle of faith. You make the choice that because God has said this, I'm going to commit myself. I'm going to live by faith. I'm going to walk by faith because this is what God has said. So whether you're a child, whether you're an adult, you know, settle in your heart that you can and you will live a life of faith. It is not rocket science if you understand the foundation, if you get a hold of the basics, if you open up yourself to God because God will not ask you to do something that you cannot do. So settle in your heart that you can live a life of faith, not events of faith as it were, but a consistent lifestyle. Walk in. You walk every day. Amen. You walk to your houses, you walk to your places of work, you walk to see your friends wherever you are around your houses and stuff like that. So, so long as you can walk in the natural, that's exactly the way God expects us to walk in faith. Every step that we take should be a step taken in faith. Glory to God. Another translation of, of that scripture, the NLT translation says, For we live by believing and not by seeing. I believe this breaks it down a little, a little better. We live by believing and not by seeing. So God has told us ahead of time that the way I want you to live your life is not to live your life by the things that you see around you every day. But I want you to live your life from the inside out. I want your life to be a function of the things that you believe inside of you. And that means automatically that we will always be bombarded with events. We will always be bombarded with things around us that contradict the word of God. If God has, is telling us beforehand that, you know, don't let the things that you see around you, don't let those things determine your life. Don't allow your lives to be controlled by those things, but be controlled by what comes from the inside, from the word of God. Why? What you believe based on God's word. So it means that virtually every time, all the time, every day in our lives, there will be things, there will be events, there will be circumstances that contradict the things that God has already told us in his word. And you must make up your mind that as a child of God, as a believer, I'm going to allow my life to be dominated by what I've chosen to believe from God's word. What I believe that is God's will for me. What I believe is God's destiny for me. Irrespective of what I may see or may be experiencing around me. Our eyes and our ears are being fed every single day. Every single day. And so it shouldn't be a surprise because God has already given us how to deal with it. How to deal with it. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. The things that we see are temporary. The things that we might not have seen yet, the promises of God, the covenant of God, God's desire for us, God's will for us in several aspects of our lives, those things that we see in the word of God are eternal. But the Bible says that the things that we see around us, everything that we experience is subject to change. Everything that we experience can be changed. Our history, our experiences, our everyday experiences, our background and, and stuff, they are all, you know, following a particular agenda. But by the word of God, by the promise of God, you can change the 
narrative of your life. There is nothing that is permanent. And you must understand that and you must accept that. That everything I see around me can be changed. But am I willing? Do I really want to experience that change? Do I really want to see a change in my life? Glory to God. There is no finality in your circumstances and in your situations. The only final authority that you must accept is the authority of the word of God. It's the authority of the word of God. So every aspect of your life you must bring into subjection to the word of God. If it differs, if it's contrary from what God says, you must fix your mind on God's word. And as you fix your mind on God's word, then you can superimpose God's will upon the things that you experience. Glory to Jesus. So there must always be a superior image that you are carrying on your inside, that you are believing about your life. There must always be something superior. The Bible says that the path of the just is as a shining light that shines brighter and brighter onto that perfect day. So what you have experienced so far is not your full stop. It's not, your, it's not the end of your destination. There is a better tomorrow. There is a greater tomorrow. There is a bigger harvest. And so you must always carry a bigger image on your inside, which is what you are believing about you, which, which, which exists where you might be right now. There must be a greater vision that you are carrying on your inside. There must be bigger dreams that you have on your inside. There must be promises that, that talk about a, a, a better future that you are carrying, that you are meditating on. Because everything that you see around you, you experience today that's subject to change. It can be changed for the better. But you must ensure that you have a strong image that you are believing and you're not settling for what you are, what, where you are today. So it takes, it takes focus, it takes discipline not to allow ourselves to be controlled by the things that we see. Believing the unseen over and above the things that we see. Praise the Lord. So this is the lifestyle that God has called us to live. The life of faith. The life of faith, a lifestyle of faith. So faith is not something that you bring out when you have a challenge. It's not something that you bring out or when you have a problem. But it's something that you do every day. It ought to be a lifestyle. Every single day of your life, you are working in faith. You are applying the faith of God. You are putting your faith to work in every aspect of your life. It's a daily walk. So it's the everyday practice of faith. It's the everyday practice of faith and the small things and the simple things that ultimately lead us to miraculous faith. It is the everyday, of, the everyday practice of faith and the tiny insignificant things that ultimately bring you to the place where you can use your faith to experience the miraculous of God. Amen. It's a daily walk. I want us to look at the life of David. It's a story that we're all familiar with. David was the youngest in his house. And the Bible says that while his older brothers, the ones who were more relevant as it were, they went to war, they went to fight the battle, that his father and his brother sent him to go and look after the sheep at the backside of the desert. You know, and the Bible tells us that, um, you know, David was given an account, you know, um, that he, he would trust God. He would fight all the animals, the bigger animals that wanted to attack the sheep. 
You know, David could have said, I'm the last born in the house. They all abandoned me to this job. So if they kill all the animals, you should be happy that they do not, the animals do not kill me, that lion do not kill me. Do you know he could have taken that attitude and, I mean, his father might not have said anything. You know, that today the lion has taken one sheep and he goes and reports to his father, 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 the lion came, the bear came, I had to run for my life, one sheep is gone. The next day, the same thing. But you know, David decided that he was going to give his best to where he was at the time. He didn't have to. I mean, no one asked him to go and kill an animal, to go and kill a lion, to go and kill a bear for crying out loud. No one asked him to do that. But he realized that, you know, I could be the best where I am. I'm going to give it, you know, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to trust God. I mean, I've been asked to keep the sheep. I'm going to trust God that, you know, God is going to protect the sheep, that no animal is going to kill the sheep. And God strengthened him and empowered him to be able to kill and to destroy those animals. So David had the trail of God's faithfulness in his life over and over again that he was able to combat all the enemies that came against the animals that he was meant to be keeping. And it got to a point where, you know, a bigger enemy came across the way, Goliath. And all David had to do was to look back. I was in the backside of the desert. Nobody saw me. But I saw the faithfulness of God. I put the faithfulness of God to test. I put my faith to test when I was trusting God, you know, to keep the animals and to kill them. And God proved himself faithful. And it's that same faith that I know that I'm going to use to defeat this Goliath. However big you are, no matter how long that you have, you have been threatening the people of God, it's that same faith that is going to destroy you. Let's look at 1 Samuel 17, verse 34. But, but David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its bed and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defiled the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. You know, sometimes I think that Saul, Saul, you are a man that is experienced, an experienced fighter. And you're pushing this small boy <laughs> to go and fight for you. But there was something about the confidence that David had that could not be resisted. There was something he had that, you know, he automatically shut the mouth of. And I mean, whatever anyone could have said about him or against him. Amen. Glory to Jesus. But if David had not, you know, put the power of God to test in those places when nobody saw him, he would never, ever have been able to kill Goliath. He would never, ever have been able to kill Goliath. I was listening to someone um, on TV, an evangelist. He said that, you know, and obviously this is the experience of a lot of people when it comes to um, um, miracles of healing. He said that he knew God's word, told him that has said that, you know, you will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And, you know, he prayed for so many people and nobody got healed. He said the first 
healing testimony he had was about his friend. You know, his friend walked up to him and said, oh, I'm having a headache. It's been problematic and all that. And he said, okay, can I pray for you? And as usual, he prayed for him. And he said at that point that he just had a desire to ask him, you know, has anything changed? And he said his friend turned to him and realized that, you know, the headache had disappeared completely. And he said, of course, that, I mean, headache seems insignificant, you know, but that stirred up his faith. That stirred up his faith, you know, to go pray for other sick people, to go pray for, you know, people who are paralyzed, to go pray for people who have terminal, you know, illnesses and diseases. And that's the way faith works. If you want, you know, you don't wait for when you have a big problem, you know, before you start bringing out your, your shield of faith. No. But you must have a trail in your life that you can look back to God. You know, there are things that you can deliberately do, you know, release your faith for. I mean, everyday things. The Bible says that God loads us daily with benefits. God loads us daily with benefits. Release your faith for favor at work. Release yourself, your faith for wisdom, for a, a, a whatever challenge that you might be having at work. Release your faith for success in the exams. Release your faith for protection as you go out. I mean, there are things that you can deliberately do to put your faith to work. If your faith is not working, if your faith is not put to work, by the time you have a big problem as it were, you will start running helter-skelter. It is better to use your faith when you have a 5,000 naira debt to pay than to be watching that mountain grow and 5,000 becomes 10,000 and 10,000 becomes 20,000 and 20,000 becomes 100,000. Attack it while it's at the 5,000 naira level. And what that does to you is that it strengthens you and so that when a 50,000 naira or a 100,000 naira problem comes your way, you can look back and you can say that, God, you solved this problem for me when it was just 5,000 naira. That same faith I'm going to apply and I know that you will solve this same problem because it's the same God, it's the same faith. Glory to God. So leave a trail in your life. You need to deliberately do it, consciously do it, a lifestyle of faith. Every day put your faith to work. It doesn't have to be something massive, but keep your faith alive. Let your faith be active. Don't let it rust away. <laughs> Amen. Look around you. What are things around you that are contradicting God's word? You know, and make up your mind that I'm not going to settle. But I'm going to use God's word to change this issue. I'm going to use God's word to change this narrative in my life. There are many, many believers that just, you know, settle for the ordinary because, they, because you don't want to fight. Because you don't want to fight. But like Pastor T told us, faith is a fight. Faith is a fight. If David did not fight, he wouldn't have won. But he fought and therefore he won. If you don't fight, you are not going to win. But thank God we're fighting from a place of victory. Knowing that God has already given us the victory way ahead of time. Amen. So learn not to settle for less. If there's anything at all in your life that contradicts the promise you have from God, that contradicts the covenant you have from God, endeavor to use your faith, apply your faith until you see a change. Until you see a change for the better. Praise God. Romans 12, 3 says, For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, 
not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. As God has dealt to each one, each one, each one, a measure of faith. A measure of faith has been dealt to you by God. What are you doing with the measure of faith that God has given to you? What are you doing with it? Whatever measure of faith God has given you now, it is sufficient to deal any issues in your life. Whatever, all you have to do is to put the faith to work. Put the faith to work. You know, the Bible talks about the parable of, of, of the talents, why God gave one um, ten talents and the other one five and one and, and, and all that. So it's not a function of the quantity, the size, the amount that God gives you in that sense. All what God is after is that what I have given you, what are you doing with it? Are you putting it to use? Are you putting it to use? Matthew 17, 20. So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. If you have faith as small as the tiniest of all seeds in this world, you can move a mountain without faith. God has given to you a measure of faith and the faith that you have today can move mountains in your life. All you need to do is to start to apply that faith. Start to put that faith to work. You might not see the answer the first day. It might not be in the first month. It might not be in the first year. But that faith that God has given to you has the capacity to move mountains has the capacity to move mountains. And this is what Jesus Christ said. So the faith of God that has been deposited within you can handle any situation that you find yourself in. Praise the Lord. So your role is to take a hold of the word of God in the face of contrary evidence and use it to create new realities for yourself. Use the word of God to create new realities for yourself. If you go into the book of, of, of Hebrews, the Bible talks about the heroes of faith. If you look at all of them, they were everyday people. Everyday, ordinary people. That got a hold of the faith of God, applied the faith of God, and got results. But there was nothing really special about them. Everyday people. Look at Hebrews, Hebrews 11.4. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and through it, he being dead, still speaks. The Bible says Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice to God. Obviously, that was not the first time Abel was offering a sacrifice to God. He must have had a habit, you know, of offering to God by faith. He couldn't see God, 
you know, he, he, he couldn't, you know, experience God the way he was experiencing the people around him. But the Bible says that he chose to offer an excellent sacrifice to the one that he believed existed. And then Cain, his brother, on the, on the other hand, you know, gave an anyhow sacrifice and was then angry with his brother. So the Bible says that even in giving, even in the place of giving, that Abel gave by faith. Abel gave by faith. Glory to God. He believed that even though he could not see God, that God was a rewarder. That God was a rewarder. Verse 7 of the same Hebrews 11. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. So God called Noah out of the blues and told him to build an ark. Very strange commandments. There was no rain. There was nothing, you know, to speak to the, the need for an ark at that time. But what did Noah do? Noah decided to believe God. Despite the fact that even the people around him of his day were questioning him and wondering, are you okay? <laughs> you know? But he decided that he was going to shun the world. He was going to shun the fact that it made no sense in the natural. And he was just going to hold on to the word of God. He was just going to hold on to the command of, commandment of God and do what God asked him to do. And the Bible says that as a result of that, that God saved Noah and his household. God saved and preserved Noah and his household. Amen. Verse 8, talking about Abraham. It says, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. Again, stepping out into the unknown. Not knowing what the future held for him, but holding on to the word of God. God has spoken a word to him. God has spoken a promise to him. And he was committed to seeing that word and that promise come to pass in his life. And that's why the fact that he didn't know how it was going to happen, the Bible says that Abraham just took a step. He just took a step, started to take a step, and the other and the other. And now we're celebrating Abraham as the father of many nations. As the father of many nations. As a result of that simple act of obedience. Amen. Abraham did not know God from anywhere, but God appeared to Abraham. God introduced himself to Abraham. God made himself known to Abraham and God gave a word to Abraham and he decided to take a hold of that word and transform his generations. Moses is another man. Verse 27. By faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invincible. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. Moses also knew that there was something more than what, I mean, the pleasures that I was experiencing in Egypt. There's something more than this. There's a God who is greater than Pharaoh. There's, there's an experience that is greater than what I have around me. And I'm going to look out for that experience. And the Bible says that he chose to leave the, leave the comfort of Egypt. And he began to pursue. He began to pursue God. And he indeed encountered God. And God did great and mighty things through his life. Hallelujah. So this is why ordinary men, everyday men, that just choose to, chose to obey God. 
that just choose to, chose to take hold of the word of God and allow the word of God to change the trajectory of their life and to change even the lives of those that are around them. Hallelujah. So we must ask ourselves, what are we creating? What are we changing? What are we transforming? What is your faith doing today? Your faith is meant to change not only your life as an individual, but it's meant to affect the lives of people around you. Because that's the way God works. When God, when God lays a holy hand on you, he's not only concerned about you, but he's concerned about all the other people who are going to be connected to you. All the other lives that are going to be, I mean, going to be impacted as a result of the results that you are going to get in your own life. Glory to God. So use your faith. Use your faith for others. Use your faith for, for the kingdom. Use your faith, you know, to draw people to church, to believe God, you know, for, for, for people to come to church. Use your faith for the lives of people that are around you. Hallelujah. Use your faith for kingdom pro projects. Join your faith with the things that you know that God is doing along with other believers because you want to see a result. But a lifestyle of faith is what God has called us to. And so your faith must be active. Don't let your faith, faith be idle. Don't let your faith be idle and then you wake up one day and then you have a big problem and you don't know what to do. But as you keep acting on faith, as you keep walking in faith, I mean, your results will get greater and greater. Your impact, I mean, the impact of these men and women of faith, we are, we are, we are still talking about them for, for generations to come. For generations to come. Glory to God. So God's word, God's will, God's, God's, God's instruction is that your lifestyle should be one driven by faith. So look at yourself and ask yourself, where do I need to apply my faith? Deliberately, intentionally, consciously. Consciously applying your faith because it's a weapon that God has made available to you as believers. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's rise up on our feet. Father, we give you praise. I just want you to begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. The Bible says, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Just begin to, to build up yourselves on your most holy faith right now. Just begin to stir up your faith. Just begin to stir up your faith in God by praying in the Holy Ghost. God's desire is that your faith is alive and active, that your faith is functional, that your faith is bringing in results on a regular basis, on a constant basis. So I want you to stir up your faith this morning by the help of the Holy Ghost. Stir up your faith. If you have been sleeping, if you have been idle, God's desire is that your faith be stirred up like never before. Just open your mouth and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Begin to pray in the Holy Ghost and let there be a stirring by the Spirit. Let her be a stirring by the Spirit. And I know that about Shatana man, they get about Sham. And I know Shatana man, they brand that about Shatta. And I know Zatana man, they break at a boskitalian. Egagaga Zikara man, they brand the Sikara man, they am. And I know the brand that about Sikara manda. Reba Sataya. We won't walk by faith, oh God. We won't live by faith, oh God. Every day of our lives, every moment of our lives, in the name of Jesus, we will put our faith to work. The faith that you have given unto us and we will change circumstances. We will change situations. We will get results, oh God. 
arise in him, that will live by faith, that will commit themselves to a lifestyle of faith in the name of Jesus, that will get results, results on a consistent basis by reason of the faith of God, that will not settle for less in the name of Jesus, that will not rest, oh God, until their lives, until the lives of the people around them reflect the things that God has already made available in the name of Jesus. Men and women that will lay hold on the faith of God to change the world, to change the world, to change the world. And In the name of Jesus. Yeah, I'm going to pray for a few people this morning. You've just, you've been struggling with using your faith where faith is concerned. And you just want, I mean, you really want a stirring by God towards a life of faith. You're making a commitment to a life of faith. And you want that power of God, that ability of God to be stirred up. Just lift your hands wherever you are. You've been struggling while using the, living by faith is concerned. And you want a stirring of God. You want a stirring by God this morning. Just lift your hands wherever you are. I want to pray with you here. I can see a couple of hands. Just wave your hands where you are. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for your sons and daughters who are making a commitment to a lifestyle of faith. Lord Almighty, I thank you, Lord, because you have not called us to live in our strength, in our power, in our ability. I ask, oh God, that like never before, there will be a strengthening from there within in the name of Jesus. I pray that like like never before, there will be a stained power that is deposited within them by the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. I declare that there eyes are open, open to see the unseen that you have prepared for them and that God Almighty by your spirit, they'll be empowered to superimpose that unseen upon their environment, upon their circumstances, upon their situations in the name of Jesus and as they put their faith to work I declare that it will be a season of open doors it will be a season of results it will be a season of breakthroughs it will be a season of harvest in every aspect of their lives in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, lift your hands and give God praise this morning. Come on, appreciate Him. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email KMI Africa at kingsword.org. Telephone 234 810 0000640.